Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brainke. This episode is sponsored by my law firm, Eden Law. At our firm, we work with entrepreneurs just like you in order to help protect your business. Whether you're a brick and mortar store or online, I want to help you guys stay legally protected through contracts, copyright, trademark, or even just having me come in and doing an entire business audit. We work with you one-on-one. We're not just order takers. We're not just template providers. We do all the work for you and with you since you are the CEO, the mastermind and head of your business. Please come check us out at eden-law.com and we look forward to helping you grow your business to success. Hey guys, welcome to episode 108 of the Business Bites podcast. I am your host, Rachel Branke, and I am joined today with Raina Pomeroy from Raina & Co. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. Yeah, I'm stoked, guys. She is a certified coach and the founder of Raina & Co. She has a signature program called Dreamy Client Magnet, and it works with so many of you guys listening, creative entrepreneurs who want to get lasered focused so you can book more dreamy clients with ease, get paid to do what you love, which we all want, and have the freedom and flexibility to enjoy it all. Just from those three points, you guys can see why I have invited Raina to come on this podcast because that is a lot of what I talk about through all of the episodes. She is a ICF certified coach, speaker, educator, author, and podcaster as well. So, man, Raina, I have seen your stuff all over. Entrepreneur.com, Influencer Podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire, Huffington Post, like you name it. You are a great go-to for this topic. And so let's dig in um, talking about like five steps to consistent income, but I don't want to jump in there. I kind of want to hear a bit about your entrepreneurship journey because I feel like that helps to give the audience a frame of reference for your recommendations when we do get to those steps. Yeah, let's do it. I'm so excited. So I got into business um, about five years ago because I didn't want to go back to work um, and like having to commute every single day Mm -hmm. after I had my older son, who is now six, which is insane. But um, I wanted to have the freedom and flexibility, probably like many of you listening, and to be able to have the ability to make money from the comfort of my home and like, frankly, in my pajamas if I really wanted to. Mm -hmm. And it was possible for, for us to like sustain our like, you know, lifestyle, Um, just on my husband's income, but I realized pretty quickly that I was not cut out to be a stay-at-home mom um, and that being my sole identity. And props to moms who do this, but I am guessing that like many of you and my uh, my audience is very much like this. We want to have that flexibility, right? To be able to run our own businesses and to be able to make money. You know, when I started my first business, which was um, a wedding planning company before I had my older son, um, I wanted it to be a fun sort of pastime, which was like a, you know, glorified hobby. I did make money. However, I felt like I wasn't running it quite as well as I could have looking back. Um, So yeah, I'm really all about being able to have that flexibility to be able to have that uh, independence and then be able to contribute to your family's wealth um, in the long term. So I have one important question. Are you in your pajamas right now? I'm in like, uh, like yoga pants. Close enough. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I love that. You know, that's the one thing that I'm really enjoying about 
the change in messaging through um, influencer marketing and social media and storytelling is this idea of flexibility because when I first got into uh, having a career, wanting to be an entrepreneur on my own, it was, you had to check the boxes, you had to be a nine to five, you had to go to an office. Like there wasn't this common acceptance of flexibility. And I just love how you have embraced that topic. But I have to ask, have you always been as flexible with yourself during your entrepreneurship journey? Or is this kind is this is something you set out for in the very beginning? Or is this something you've really embraced in the last few years? Yeah, this is such a great question. And it kind of gets to the crux of like, you get into entrepreneurship because you want this. But then sometimes we burn mm -hmm. ourselves into mm -hmm. the ground, right? Um, and I think that from the beginning, I will say on the whole, I have been pretty good about making sure that I create a lot of boundaries for myself. Um, mm -hmm. When I say that I'm working, I'm 100% working. When I'm not working, I'm 100% not working. And that's persisted throughout the past couple years. I will say that there are definite seasons like around launch times or you know a little bit higher um, deadline timeframes. There are moments where I'm working a little bit more than I would want to. Um, for the most part, I like many seasons, I will not work during the evenings. Um, I have not worked during the weekends, but there are certain times we'll have to when I'll have to communicate with my family and say, you know what, this weekend I have to work a couple hours. I'll be at Starbucks for a little while and I'll be back um, and you guys can work on something else. So I think it kind of comes and goes. It's definitely not a perfect, I take off every single Friday kind of a thing, but it definitely is a work in progress and something that I'm consciously working towards. I agree. And I love that you've identified that. Do you have anything else from the beginning of entrepreneurship that you would impart upon the audience uh, a lesson that you learned, or maybe now looking back, something you wish you had changed then? Yeah, you know, this is something that I, I constantly have thought about. Um, you know, there's a, a moment in everyone's business where we're not necessarily profitable, and we don't really talk mm -hmm. about that part. I think that as quickly, especially for those of us who are service-based entrepreneurs and don't have a lot of overhead, don't spend so much on, yeah. you know, everything that you see. Um, and really try to focus in on how quickly you can get to uh, profitability in your business by paying for these other things, you know, this course that you need, or I mean, being a course creator, I'm like shooting myself in the foot a little bit, but I really think it's important <laughs> for us to understand what it is the ROI, like the return on whatever investment we're making of our time, of our money, what it, what it is that you should be getting back from that. And if we can't prove it, then, then we maybe shouldn't be spending that money. And I think that I spent a lot of money on coaches because I love, you know, spending money on coaches. Um, I bought a lot of courses, um, frankly, that I haven't touched since the very beginning, thinking that I was going to mm -hmm. use it and this was going to be perfect. Perfect. And that was going to solve all of my problems. And I don't think it really necessarily did. And so I'm, I'm of the mind now is like, if I need something, I know that I can go find the resources to help me solve that. Um, or, you know, talking to the right people will help me to be able to find the, the solution that I'm looking for. So I think that getting to this place of profitability so that I can spend more in my household would probably be the best um, suggestion mm -hmm. that I have.
Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And actually, as a side note for the photographers specifically that are listening, I just did an entire video for the month of February on exactly what Raina's talking about right there. And I walked through how I go through like my budget and I cut out where I'm extra spending, overspending, underspending, and that sort of thing in the process of how I view that and implement it. So if you guys have any questions about that, you can head over to the Law Talk and it's Revamp 52. Um, it's tasks and stuff. But yes, like that. That for me, budget was a big thing for me in the very beginning in a lot of what you're talking about. You know, you get financial freedom out of it. You can get more flexibility by identifying and staying in tune with your finances. But also just very fundamentally, there's many people listening. And I was this way in the beginning that I didn't have extra funds to spare. I needed that money to help support my family. Mm-hmm. And it is easy to fall into, just like you, I'm a course creator and I have products as well, but it's easy to see an ad or fall into a sales page and go, this is going to be the golden bullet, but there <laughs> yeah. is no silver bullet, golden ticket. I totally combined like <laughs> two, two phrases there, but nothing, nothing is going to get you to the topic of today, consistent income without being very specific on your steps. And so let's jump into that. You have five steps to consistent income. Before I do that real quick, just just a reminder, guys, you guys can find all show notes at rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 108. I will have linked all of Raina's stuff there as well. So you can easily click and find her. All right. So let's move into the five steps to consistent income. Do you want to kick us off with the first one? Yeah, sure. So first of all, let me just set the set the stage here, right? When we have more money, we can do a lot of things with it. I had a lot of money mindset issues when I started my business, and I think that there was a big shift and we constantly have to be working towards this. I used to be a social worker um, and I used to have a t-shirt that says we'll work for change like and had pennies on it. And that mindset does not do us any good in the business world. When we have more money, we can do a lot of amazing things and money doesn't have to equal uh, corruption or money doesn't have to equal all these negative associations that we might hold. And so that's like my, the first thing I want to mention about money. And like, if you're getting triggered by the title of this episode, I think it's worth investigating. Like, why am I having these, (laughs) all these feels about it? Um, But when we have more money, we can pay our debt off. We can buy a home with more green space. Uh, We can pay for vacation. You can go to Target without having a lot of guilt. Um, Whatever it is that kind of floats your boat, right? Like, I want us to have more of that, um, which is why this topic of like five steps is so important and like being able to consistently have money coming into your business. So the first one here is that I want you to understand what you want more of. So if you want more, I kind of joke about the target run, but honestly, like if you want more of that, that might be something to set your sights on. Probably not. It's probably going to be more like, you know, not worrying about your bills every single month or being able to pay off all of your debt this year. Um, I want you to really get clear on what is more, right? What is the actual number of more? Have you ever done, you know, a visualization about like, what is, a rich life look like. This is something that um, we do inside of the Dreamy Client Magnet, but I want to give a quick sneak peek in terms of like thinking about your ideal life. I think for a lot of us, it's it feels a little bit scary to think about it, but when we actually spend the time to dig in here, it's not as wild and crazy as, you know, like I want to live in a castle in France next year, right? It's something a little bit more like I want to be able to, you know, pay for this 
you know, daily luxury or, you know, be able to go to a spa once a month or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I want us to get really clear about what that more looks like. So that's the first step. I love it. And you know, the one thing too is want to say, if you do plan on having a castle next year in France, that is okay too. That's okay too. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, know, I totally know what you meant with that. Cause I think it is one of those things, especially, you know, in this day and age of social media, there are good that comes out of it. Like we've already talked about a bit, but there can also be this idea of, oh, I have to shoot big. I have to dream huge. I have to have yeah. this. And guess what? that may not be the life circumstances that you're in right then, you know, and just because you need X extra hundred dollars a month, that may not seem a lot in the grand scheme, but it may be a lot for your family. Yep. And yeah, that's great. Sure. That's great. And that is a good goal. Uh, you know, cause that was really my goal. Well, I had a couple of goals in the beginning of starting entrepreneurship and it was to fill my own goals in my own pockets. I'm I've kind of always been okay with money. Um, but it was really to meet the needs of our family initially. And that was where a lot of my goals were driven off of that. And I don't necessarily know if that is the right or wrong way to approach this. So I want to ask you, Raina, when we're looking at these steps to consistent income, if you're being guided by a pressure that you need, like maybe you need to make a certain amount of yeah. consistent money for your family to live, is it healthy? Is it beneficial to base your goals off of that? Or do you think it may have negative consequences for planning and implementation? Oh, I think it's so important for us to like deal with the need and then deal with the wants. But I think that having the wants also also propels us to be able to dream about something that's not just like a necessity. Um, so I think it's kind of both things. I don't think there's any negative stuff. Um, my biggest thing here is like come up with a number and how can we break that number down? So whether it's $5,000 or $150,000, the number doesn't really matter as long as you're able to break it down and then create a plan from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the second step here is shifting your focus from one-off projects to recurring revenue. So I see mm-hmm. this a lot with photographers who do, let's say, you know, weddings. And, you know, wedding is a one-time thing. I'm hoping that you're not getting recurring clients from these folks, right? However, <laughs> how can you figure out a way to get out of the, the mold of the feast and famine? Um, unless you're, you've got one, you know, you've got an amazing client pipeline already, I would say let's figure out a way for you to get um, consistent clients or repeat clients every single month from something. So kind of like a retainer. If you think about it, like a, let's say, for example, you are a web designer and you offer web design for a client. After the site launches, you can choose to offer retainer web services, whether it's plug-in refreshes, that's something I hate to do, so I like hand it off to somebody, um, or design on web-related collateral, like updating your blog stuff or whatever it is. I think that there's every single industry has something that you can turn into a retainer that's an upsell from whatever it is that you're already offering. Um, And that can allow you to have those clients be in your portfolio for longer than just this one launched project. So if you can set, you know, think about your business model from this one off thing to creating retainer or recurring plan clients, I think you'll, you'll be able to have more of this incoming uh, revenue that's always pouring in. And I kind of want to give a supplement to that from a customer or client psychology standpoint, 
I find as myself, as the head of multiple brands, that the more work that I can give one person, the more that I as the customer am likely to continue to keep using them. It's not saying it needs to be like a one-stop shop, but if I know that you come in and maybe you design my website and then you're the website designer, so you pitch to me to have consistent income, like Brandon just talked about, of like plugin updating, you know, um, checking links and doing sort of like all this maintenance every month. I already know you, I already trust you, I already know your process, and it is so much easier if you just ask me and I'm going to go, yes, yep. I already know you. I am all in on that kind of stuff. Um, and we kind of have the same perspective at the law firm. Um, when you come into us, you may come to us with like a copyright infringement issue. But guess what? We're still going to do a full business audit for multiple reasons. One, because I would love to have consistent income coming from you. That's not primary. But yes, that is in the back of my mind. I don't just want this one off job with you but also because I can fully service and provide you and do all the other investigation that I need to even to meet these specific needs. So I I share that from the flip side of, I hope this will encourage you for those sitting there listening and may go, I don't really know. I don't want to push clients. I don't want to push customers. They're waiting to be asked. Yep. For sure. And you're doing them a service by being able to connect these dots and say, you know what, I can do this for you. I can take this off your plate. Or maybe you didn't even think that this was going to be a problem and I can definitely help. Um, So that kind of parlays beautifully into number three, Rachel. Thank you. Um, So I think that one of the things that we get freaked out by is like when we hear recurring revenue, we hear I need to have passive income. And this is not where we're going folks. Like if you are a service provider, you can have recurring revenue without having passive income. This is like, that topic is a completely separate uh, podcast Mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. And this is really about like creating recurring revenue offers. So now that you've figured out like what it is that you potentially could do, I want you to think about your dreamy client. Like Rachel was just talking about what does she or he or they need? What does it look like? I want you to ask yourself, like maybe journal on this. What would it look like to offer them something in addition to what they're already naturally asking you for? So mm-hmm. like what we were just talking about, if you've already got this service, what are you naturally going to be able to do for them that you've already, you know, kind of been brought into their universe? So instead of somebody having to come in to, you know, Rachel's business and helping her with this other thing you can naturally like transition yourself into that. So what would make the service that you have extra sparkly? Um, and what I mean by sparkly is like, if, what's going to make the, this offer super compelling? And honestly, for most of us that are looking for these services, it's not like something drastically different or super flashy. So it's just a, sometimes about asking, which is actually step number four. It's giving me time back, honestly. Yes. yes. Like if I don't have to think about it and you show me that as you as the expert that I need X, Y, and Z. And maybe we should caveat here to say, make sure you're actually offering to people things they truly need right. or want. <laughs> I mean, right? You know, it can be need or want. But if you start being all shmimey and salesy to me and I'm like blatantly like, you know, that doesn't fit my mm-hmm. audience, that doesn't fit my business, then that's not going to present you as an expert and it's going to aggravate me. And I'm probably not going to do any income with you yeah. at that point. Uh, but yeah, no, it definitely needs to be. And you you said it perfectly. You've already, you're already in their universe. So like take a minute and just look around and see what's needed. Yeah. 
I, oh, I don't know God. if it's true for you, Rachel, but I feel like every time I have to give up my LastPass info to somebody and like I have to log in to share my info, it's like, <laughs> you're in my universe now. Like you, you can't leave. <laughs> It's so funny. I was fighting with LastPass before we got on with here. I mean, my, okay, my team, they're li- they listen. I hope they listen to all these episodes. It doesn't matter which brand, which it's a team member. They all know they have job security because even with LastPass, I can't even remember my LastPass password. Like they have <laughs> job security until the end of time just by remembering my passwords for me. There you go. Let's see. <laughs> I love it. Well, number four is this, it answers this big question of, well, who's going to buy my thing? Um, And I think people get really freaked out by this word visibility and people envision it to be like this flashy thing, like, oh, I have to be on podcasts or I have to go on stage or I have to post on social every single day. And it feels icky, but it really isn't this fancy schmancy launch thing in order to like roll something out and allow us to be profitable. And some of my most successful offers, and I'm curious about you too, Rachel, like some of my most successful offers have been sold in private conversations, in DMs and with follow-up emails and just a link to a purchase rather than having like all the kit and caboodle like launch sequence and emails and funnels and all that stuff. I mean, although those do work for me, it feels so easy to just say, hey, I have this thing. I think it would help you. And here it is. Honestly, it's just showing up. And I did showing share about this on Instagram either this morning or yesterday. I guess it was this morning. It's been a day. Um, and it was about, yeah, just showing up. It's showing up in Facebook groups. And, and I'll tell you what, the only reason that my podcast uh, appearances when I go on other people's or when I speak at conferences, I truly believe the only reason those are successful is because I've shown up in the ways that you were just talking about, in DMs, in groups, in very more low-key ways that I can do flexibly. We were talking about flexibility before. I can do it from my phone or my iPad from home. I don't have to travel to California to a conference. Um, you know, I, I there's a lot more return in the engagement that you can get on a low-key level, but you just yeah. still have to show up in those moments. Yep, absolutely. I think that, you know, people get freaked out by like their comfort levels when they when they hear visibility. And I think that, you know, in order to get visible, people just need to be able to see your expertise, right? And whether it's, that's a testimonial or somebody else speaking out about you or you share something that's so valuable to that person for free. And sometimes that's just the, the initial hook that people need to inquire or want to learn more. So I think that you could post every day on social media or showing up like Rachel's talking about by just getting active. I also think that showing off like showing up um, with your personality is really important and like not being a robot. I think that being relatable and being like an expert at the same time, I know that those things don't really seem like they make sense, but think about the people you trust inherently in business and think about why you trust them. They probably have like something that doesn't, that makes them not perfect, but you super relate to that. Um, Or, you know, the, the people who are clearly experts, but they somehow have like this quirk, maybe they like, you know, they're an expert in something, but maybe they botched something about being a mom or something like that. Like, just think about the people you look up to and it doesn't have, you don't have to be perfect at all times. Um, no, and I, I think, think that's why oh, go it's really good to also think about who you're talking to. Yeah. Because, like, let's take me as an example for as a lawyer. 
if I was like, okay, what does a lawyer have to do to show up? Well, I have to be in a suit and I have to do this and do that. I wouldn't have the audience that I have. I wouldn't be talking to you. Yep. Instead, I thought to myself, and this is a great crossover, guys, to episode number 12. I am actually going to now share the this episode 108 and episode 12 together. They're like a great compliment. Um, it's going to be all linked on the show notes. But I started with the question, you talked about this earlier, who is your dreamy client? I started with who that was and what would she be wearing and what would she want me to be wearing in order for her to be able to talk to me? It's ripped jeans and boots. That's me. And it doesn't take away from me being an attorney. In fact, I think it helps to break down walls because then I'm more relatable. People are willing to listen to what I have to say. Is that everyone's cup of tea when they're looking for a lawyer? No, but guess what? That's okay. Yeah. I love it. Actually, this kind of reminds me, I have a workshop that I offer um, all about the heck yes offer and people get freaked out by like figuring out what their offer is and like why people won't buy the thing that they're providing or like wanting to share. And we came up with this um, package of like how a workshop essentially of like how people can break down everything that they know so that they can package it up into something that's super sexy for their dreamy to buy. Um, so I can send over the link to you. But yeah. if you're listening, you can go to Raina co.com forward slash heck yes and just participate in that workshop because I think that you know everything that we're talking about with creating this offer is just directly tied to that um so I'm I'm loving everything that you're saying here and I think that you know the last piece I just want to keep us chugging forward step number five is start paying yourself okay that mm -hmm. sounds really scary if you're just starting and Honestly, it wasn't very much at the beginning, like I said, um, but it's really important for all, all of us to consistently pay ourselves from the beginning so that we don't become hobby hobbypreneurs <laughs> and mm -hmm. making sure that we prioritize ourselves. Um, I read Profit First a while ago. I'm not like the most, I guess, the biggest advocate of Profit First, just because I think that there's a, a few questions that I had about it, but it is mm -hmm. important for us to pay ourselves. And I think the thing that I want to emphasize here is that whether it's, you know, a, a set amount every single month or every single week or whatever the cadence is, just start small in a way that feels doable every single month. And depending on your business structure, you might have to do it differently. Um, I can take owner draws for my business account to a direct mm -hmm. deposit to my personal bank account each month. And I don't even have to think about it. Um, I hear this a lot from photographers or wedding professionals specifically around like, well, I get paid in lump sum. How do I pay myself? Well, I think that one of the ways that you could do it is, you know, asking for installments if you wanted to do that. So like you're getting paid monthly from folks or you just have a giant chunk of money sitting from that one client in your business bank account and you're drawing those dollars out um, each month. That, what, that might be one way to do it too. But basically here, like this is an opportunity for you to assess like how much should I be paying myself? What do I want to be um, adding and contributing to my family? Um, whether that's, you know, your family of one yourself or, you know, a more uh, robust family as well. I agree. And I think it's also important to do it in that when you get in those burnout moments, it's easy and then when you go, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Well, you're getting paid for your time. Or when you feel, because there are moments, whether you're new in this and maybe if you've been a veteran of an entrepreneurship for a while, you're going to feel like, why am I doing entrepreneurship? And yes, it's not always all about money, but guess what? It can help it. You feel a little bit better when you're working long hours or you're having something, you know, a launch didn't go right. You lost a client, whatever it is. 
you can then look and go, but it's meeting this financial need or goal in my life. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Oh my goodness. This was so much information. Raina, we seriously need to have you come back and do a whole nother podcast. And actually maybe we should do it on like passive income. I love that this was framed just about consistent, whether you're passive or whether you're just showing, you know, you're showing up and you're um, service-based. This works for everyone, even product-based entrepreneurs listening. You guys can apply all of this also to what we're talking about here Please, guys, check out more Raina stuff. I have all of it listed at rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 108. Raina, thank you again for coming on. We'll get you scheduled for the future. Don't forget to check out all show notes and everything about Raina stuff at rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 108. Also be sure to jump into the Facebook group, The Business Bites, as we are talking with lots of entrepreneurs, other listeners of the podcast, so that we can learn from each of these episodes. See you guys on the inside. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of The Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools or referenced episodes, you can find them at businessbitespodcast.com. Until next time.